0: Well, good morning, IBC. How are you? First of all, to put my nerves out, I love my Star Wars style. It's it's just me. It's just me. I I didn't want to be so serious. So I guess everyone knows what that symbol in the screen is, right? What it is? It is a, a like. That's right. We live in a like culture, right? It is part of everything that they are wanting us to seek. We are are checking, we are seeking, we are uh, looking after likes. Um, We forget about many things. Um, But for example, uh, this is part of of human condition. So since the fall, we started to look our worth, and our self-esteem in the creation instead of the creator. So we think, hmm, if these people like me, that means that I'm good. If my boss likes me, I probably will get a promotion, right? If I get good enough marks, I probably, get, I probably get, will get the attention my parents aren't giving me. If that young lady or that young man likes me, that will mean I'm pretty or handsome, right? And without knowing it, we find ourselves living to please others. Without knowing it, right? And we lose sight of the most important question in our lives. Do we please God? Have you ever considered it? When you are doing something at your work or at the school, do you think, hmm, this is a good thing because it would please God? You think like that? Sometimes I forget about it. Hmm, so we will look for the answer today. Do you please God? We will look for the answer today in Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 until 16. Hebrews is my favorite book in the Bible. I'm doing my thesis at seminary about Hebrews, so I had to talk about Hebrews. I love Hebrews. Uh, If you didn't read it, please do it. uh, I love Hebrews. But being short, it is about encouraging the faith of the Hebrew Christian who was previously Jewish, and now they were suffering. They were being persecuted by the human empire, while Christianity, while Jewish religion was not, but Christianity it was. So they were like, oh, we feel tempted to come back to our Jewish faith, right? And the author is presenting Jesus as a high priest who can help us in our sufferings, so you don't go back. go back. You stay in your faith. And we, and when we get to the chapter 13, 13 the matters of faith are already explained. It. So the author is going to the practical ways. Okay, okay, now you know Jesus. Okay, now you will stand in, in your faith. That's okay. But now I will tell you how to please God. And that's the second question that we have to make ourselves this morning. How can I please God? Well, let's Pray to the good father to tell us in the scripture, in Hebrews, and let's listen his answer. Dear father, I give you th- thanks for being here with my brothers and sisters in IBC, and please God, I, I beg you to talk, despise my English, despise everything, talk to every heart. You know our, our struggles, you know our problems, and you know about our need, and you want to answer back to, to every petition, to every wish in our hearts, and let us know your will. Please, dear Father, do this in this morning through your Bible and not through me. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, first of all, a right relationship with others. I'm using the new international version, okay, because my English is not so fancy to use English the standard version. Sorry, Pastor Dixon, but I prefer people to understand me. So, it says, keep of loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to sow hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have sown hospitality to angels angels, without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. I hope you have noticed these three verses are talking about a right relationship with others. We cannot please God if we are hating our neighbor. If there, this is, I'm translating, this is vertical. The vertical relationship with God cannot be good if we are not good in our, in our horizontal relationship with our neighbor. That's together. And it makes a lot of sense when these people ask Lord Jesus about the greatest commandment. In Matthew 22, Verses 34 until 40. The Lord says, "Said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. But this is especially difficult for us in our society, because we live in the culture of individualism, right? So society has taught me to perceive my neighbor as an obstacle. The other is the one who is between me and do what I want. So my neighbor is a threat to my comfort. And I don't like him. I don't like him anymore. Now we are looking, instead of that, After consumer relationships, what I want you is to you to make me feel good. That's your purpose in life. You are here. You are my friend. You are my I don't know my girlfriend, my whatever to make me feel good. And in the moment you stop making me feel good, take the door. I don't want you anymore. But that's not the kind of relationship that Bible wants for us. That God wants for us. So Bible is keeping us this verse about right relationship with others. In 1st 1, the author is talking about church. He's not talking even about people outside of church. He's talking about we, brothers and sisters. do We love each other. Sometimes, I have to confess, it is a challenge to me. (coughs) Psalm, Psalm 133 says... How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is? What do you think? Sometimes, well. John 13, 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Do we? Do you think the brothers and sisters in need feel loved by you when you come on Sunday? Do you feel loved when you come on Sunday? And during the week when we are not here together, do you feel loved by your brothers and sisters? What does that say about the kind of disciples we are? I always have to make myself that question. In verse 2, the author is going even farther and saying... That we, saw, that we should sow hospitality to strangers. He's talking about Genesis 18. Um, superstition is not persecuted here. This is not about supernatural beings coming to your house. It's about you are blessing others, but you don't know how blessed you can be in return. Not like a payback or, or you are getting something in return. It's not that. You are blessing for free, but you don't know how much bless. You can be when you bless. Hey, for, for my English, it's not so bad, right? <laughs> huh? Huh? The Lord is good. There was this young married couple in, in Granada. And they hosted me like, I don't know, six years ago or something like that, seven. But I always remember them. Do you know why? Because it was the morning and the breakfast. And they, and they brought out the good dishes, the porcelain cups, the spoon. And I was like, wow. I don't need all of this for having a toast and a coffee. I don't need nothing so fancy. But they wanted to make it the best because I was staying at their home. Wow. And I have remembered that for all these years. Hospitality is not about giving someone a place to sleep. It's about letting them enter into your life. That's Christian generosity. It is not a generosity about money. Okay, I have money, so I can give you some. It's not that. It's generosity of life. Your time, your patience, your whatever. Spend time with people. Generosity of life. And in verse 3, the author is going again even farther, saying to remember those who are suffering as if we are suffering. My help will come from a sense of identification. Identification is the key. This is not just some random people suffering far away. I don't know, let's say Syria, let's say Turkey, let's say Ukraine. It's not about saying, what a pity, they are my equals. It's about really feeling in yourself that they care you because they are your equals. If God was able to put himself in your place, and Jesus was able to suffer the cross for you, you should be able to put yourself in the place of others. That's what it's talking about. Santiago Benavides is a Christian Colombian singer. He has beautiful songs. And in one of them, on my translation, he says this. Religion can be very beautiful and in a good way. But with all due respect, it is a facade of the devil if it doesn't involve sacrifice to serve others. Religion without others is empty. So... The right relationship with others is needed to please God. Secondly, right relationship with purity. Verse 4 says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the the sexually immoral. So the author is simply talking about taking care of the most important relationship in the life of two persons. Marriage. Marriage. It is the most important relationship, and specifically, he's talking about sexual purity, which is needed for Christian life. Why? Hebrews 12:14 says, "Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord." First of Corinthians chapter 6:18-19 says, "Flee." from moral fr- sorry, sorry free from <laughs> flee from sexual immorality all other sins a person commits are outside the body but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own so if sexual if Sex and purity are so important. Why is not church, not this church, but church, talking about it? We are the same sometimes. We don't feel so comfortable about this. It's a complicated matter. I know, but it is in Hebrew, so I have to talk about it. Okay? I'm with my English. Uh, But if we think about it, who created sex? God. That is not blasphemy. That is not blasphemy. God created sex. So sex, it's okay. What is grown is use it in a bad way outside of marriage. And society is, pff, uh, how do you say pegar una paliza in English? <laughs> it's beating us. It's beating us. It's beating us with this, with this, with this theme in, in social networks, series, movies. Everything is sex, sex, sex. Um, it is idealized. But let me tell you. It is not, all that glitters is not gold. They are lying to us. Why? Well, we live in the most uh, free uh, times of sexual behavior or whatever like that, right? There is sexual freedom now. Well, statistics says that people are having less sex now than they did in, 20, in 1990, so 40 years ago. People is having nine less she, yeah. Nine times nine times less sex. Sorry for that. Why is that? So they are lying. All the glitters is not gold. They are lying. Let me, let me just share with you something I wrote for a essay at the seminary. <coughs> Translating, of course. Sex is probably the most powerful way instituted to facilitate mutual giving. Therefore, if someone is not willing to give themselves socially, legally, and economically with us in marriage, we should not give them our body. A pact is required for the sexual relationship because it creates a context of vulnerability and intimacy that only offers us guarantees in marriage. Sex is idealized in our society, but undervalued. It is reduced to mere pleasure when the truth is that it was instituted by God as a final symbol of union between two so that they could become one. That is sex, that beautiful, that great, but they are making something horrible about it. But parents, leadership, if we don't talk about sex, someone else will. And our children will look for the answers maybe in the internet. And we don't want them to look for the answers there, right? So we have to do our part. The third kind of right relationship we need to please God is a relationship with money and material things. Verses 5 and 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Wow, so different of what, of what we are living, right? It is not a secret that society lives to produce and consume. In fact, advertising, sorry if one of you works in advertising, uh, is designed to keep us wanting more and more and more. So we are never satisfied. So the children who have uh, Nike shoes... He's not happy with that. He's, he's mad because his classmate has a better one, a new one, whatever. But it is a lie that if we get more, we will be happier. It is a lie. Is this a lie? What I have to learn and what the Bible teaches about is to be content. Contentment. And I want to say you, contentment is not conformism. We have to be careful there. There. It's not about not wanting to work or wanting hard work and efforts. It's not about that. It's about being thankful for what you have because you know it's coming from God. That is. So I don't need to prove nothing. I don't need to show off a better car. I don't need to kill myself working and not spend time with my children. I don't need that. My help is not coming from the resources of man. My help is coming from the Lord. That that is why the author is quoting Deuteronomy 31 6, and Psalm 118, verses 6 and 7. This of quoting versicles in English is so difficult. Uh, It is quoting this to remember these people who know the Old Testament your help is not coming from men, your help is coming from the Lord. And He knows your need. Better than anyone else. He knows your need. So let us trust him. Let us trust the Lord in our need. The four right relationship we need to please God is a relationship, a right relationship with leadership and discipleship. Verses 7 until 10 says, Remember your leaders, like, like, like Pastor Dixon, who spoke the word of God to you, and consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is not, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have not right to eat. So Christian life is a <clears throat> Christian life is a continuously discipleship, right? It's a continuous discipleship. And if, we th- and if you think that you don't have to grow up anymore, spiritually talking, I'm sorry, you have to review your way of thinking. It's continuous. Ephesians 4 is talking about on, keep on growing until you are in the measure of Jesus. So, wow, we have a long way before us, yeah. right? So, the Christian life is a, continu- is a continual discipleship, and that specifically goes through learning uh, of those who are ahead of us in the road, you know? So, let me put you an example, okay? Pastor Dixon. (laughs) In June, I will have my degree in theology at Welling. But when my pastor is talking, I keep quiet. And maybe I will talk with him after and say, "Okay, Pastor, I didn't think this was like that, or I don't, I don't agree, whatever." Because I want you to know, sir. In front of all, I wanted to tell you this: sometimes I'm right and you're not. (laughs) Okay? I I want jokes aside. Yeah, he's not teaching me anymore. So he, my, my marks, my grades. grades, my grades are not dependent on this. So I'm, so I'm so happy. I'm so happy. But jokes aside, pastors can be corrected. We don't worship people. We worship God. And of course, I can say this is not like this. But Bible is teaching us to respect them just because they are putting their lives to serve us it's like that it's just be, be honoring and be thankful for people who is putting their lives to serve us it's like that Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11:1, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus so by following those who are following Jesus we will be actually following Jesus makes sense right? I will say it again. By following those who <laughs> by, blah, 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 blah. by following those who follow Jesus, we will be actually following Jesus. Right? So, also we will be able to learn the truths of faith and of the Christian character. Because Christian character, you have to see it. To imitate it, you have to see it in someone, right? as the disciples were looking at that, at at the person of Jesus. So, also we will be able to not be confused by those strange teachings that verse 9 says, because we have someone who is able to teach us. But how are we doing at this? Are we studying Bible with other Christians? Are we doing discipleship? I'm not meaning watching a sermon on YouTube. That's not discipleship. I'm sorry. I'm actually talking about take your Bible physically with other Christians and sit down and talk about Bible. Are we doing that? We should. Because eventually, our relationship with church will be um, essential to please God. And... Five, and more important of of all, a right relationship with Jesus. Verse 11 until 14 says, The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp Bearing the disgrace he bore, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. We have reached the most important point in the sermon. If you don't have this, you can not please God. I'm sorry. This passage is so, so as the most important relationship in our lives. Doesn't matter how hard you try with religious effort, doesn't matter how hard you work or how much money do you have in the bank. If you don't have Jesus, you can't please God. Um, this passage might seem a, a bit complicated, but I think it's easy to understand three, easy to understand by three types of sacrifice. The first one is the one that comes from the liturgy in the Old Testament. So, the author is talking about it. The animal, his blood was sprinkled in the altar, but the body was taken out for religious purity. So simple to understand. The second type is the one that Jesus Christ made on our behalf. He was also humiliated and led outside the camp to be crucified as the sacrificial animal. So the Savior came into the world and human race decided to kill him. That's our story. That's why we can't please God without Jesus. Because we decide to kill the Savior. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Wow. I, I always, this verse is like impacting me. In Spanish it says, El fue molido, like the, it's cross, right? But molido is like grain. grain, like the grain, you know? So he was molido for my sins. And, wow. So, we, while we gave him the worst we have, all the rage, all the sin, he was giving us the best he had. And he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus delivered his blood on the cross to cleanse me, to forgive me. And God's forgiveness and God's approval for my life just by grace. In a way, I could never earned it just by grace, without deserving it. This sacrifice was and is the greatest act of love in the history of humankind. But sometimes, let me tell you something, sometimes we think God is like us. We make God too much human. And he is someone who needed revenge, who was vengeful, vengeful and who needed to pay his rating in something, in Jesus Christ. That's not God. That's me. Let's be honest. That's humankind. That's my way of thinking. That's not God. God was giving grace by free. So the way that Jesus was being a sacrifice for you and me is called atonement. In Hebrew Kippur. Actually, that's in my thesis. And it is it is about the, the translation from the Hebrew is, is the name of the um, Covering, thank you, sir. It's the name of the covering of the of the ark. It was the place of mercy. So it is the place where sin are forgive, are cover, you know, cover, like you cannot took it anymore, take it anymore. It is covered. So you, I like in the New Testament when it says not taking account. So sin was not taking account. Thanks to Jesus i will say it again god's approval for my life and god's forgiveness in a way i could never earn it and what happened then there is a change of filter then instagram people knows what i'm talking about the filter changes how we look like right so for example now i'm seeing you all normal transparent with my glasses but if i change glasses Now I'm seeing you all yellow. Why? Because of the filter. So some beautiful people in Instagram is not so beautiful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm deeply sorry. But why I see you yellow because, I, because of what I have done, who is changing glasses, now God sees me different because what Jesus has done. Forgive all my sin without taking in account. So God sees me in a new completely way through Jesus. It's only through Jesus, taking the sacrifice of Jesus, accepting him as my Savior and as my Lord, that the filter changed. And now all the grace is there for me in God. Do you remember what happened when Jesus was baptized? Baptized. A voice came from heaven, right? And what does the voice say? He said, This is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. The only way we can please God is through the one who pleases them in everything. The only one who pleases them in everything. So do you want to please God? Do you? You need Jesus. You can do whatever you want, religious efforts, money, doesn't care. You need Jesus. Trust me. A guy coming from the streets uh, with no studies, with alcohol parties, a guy who was nothing, is telling you, doesn't matter. He sees you through Jesus. So, the third type of sacrifice is the one we are called to do. We are called to deny ourselves. I hope you can see the game of words. The sacrificial, the sacrifice The animal of the sacrifice was led outside. Jesus also was led outside, and now we are called to be outside. But why? To go to the encounter of Jesus, to let ourselves, our preoccupations, our selfish wishes, everything, to go to the encounter of Jesus. So it is not such about sacrifice. It's about really accepting and really receiving the most beautiful person in the world this call includes identification with Jesus so you have to accept it as Lord and Savior and it includes, includes carrying the sufferings so that they do not prevent us from finding Jesus even in my sufferings go to the encounter of Jesus so this is the only way when, in which we can reach the fulfillment of Christian life. Verses 15 and 16 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to serve with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. So, that bring us to the last verses. Only in Jesus, we can have the correct vertical relationship with God and the correct horizontal relationship with our neighbor may we fulfill the great commandment. It's the only way. Through Jesus, through going to the encounter of Jesus and let him change change us, Is the only way we can to please God and be okay, be not okay, good, be good with your neighbor. It's the only way. And this is where Christian faith and Christian life becomes tangible. You know, you can touch it, tangible. It's something different because, okay, now it is not theoretical. Now that grace is available for me. I can, I can touch it. I can reach it. So if you are just, I don't know, struggling with some of those, those areas, we talk about it, you can experiment the grace of God bringing a change in relationship with others, with purity, with leadership, with money. You can experiment that by grace, by Jesus. Not forgetting to do good and to serve with others, for with such sacrifice, God is pleased. That leads us to conclusion. Do we please God? Do you have Jesus? Through Jesus... You have Jesus. Right. You please God. And let me tell you this. You don't have to live suffering to prove nothing to anybody. You don't have to be a slave of what other other things. This is liberating grace, my brothers and sisters. Through Jesus, you please God and it is done. And that's all. You don't need anything else. So... God sees you with joy. through I want to repeat this, this, this sentence. God sees you with joy through the one in whom he is pleased. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to be heard for those people who thought you were not good enough. Even the guy coming from Vallecas, from the street. You don't have to care about those people who thought so. What matters is what God, through Jesus, thinks about you. And actually, if we seek to please God, we will please those who are looking after his will. But if you are looking to please God and that doesn't please others, that's okay. It pleases me not to please you if you are not looking to please God. That's a from our English, eh? Okay, again. It pleases me to not please you if you are not looking to please God. Because what you want is not good. That's okay. We don't have to like we. Everybody doesn't have to like us. Spanish is different. Okay? But we don't have to please everyone. We don't have to. We just have to please God through Jesus. And how can we please God? Well, once you have gone to the encounter of Jesus, yeah, now you need to add right relationship with others, with purity, with money and goods, and with church leadership, discipleship. Yeah, you have to. But not because you want to earn the favor of God. You already have it in Jesus. It's because you are thankful. You are thankful of this grace. So, God, I'm so thankful for what you have done with a guy like me me, that I want to please you in everything. In all these areas, I recognize I need to be changed, Father. I recognize this. I want to please you. So, it happens not because how good we are, but because how good Jesus are. Hmm, this is a liberating grace. I would actually uh, want to finish by praying. And I would like, I, I know we don't do this so much, but I, I would like to call you if you want, if you feel so, to stand up and pray with me. Sometimes we don't stand up because what other may think about, it, about us. But are we searching for pleasing others or for pleasing God? We are there again. So if you feel like you, you need to surrender one of these areas and say, God, I, I need your grace, your victory in this area this day. It is finishing now. I want you to help me with this problem. I, I want you to, to surrender all of this to you. Stand up. I don't have a chair, but I recognize that I have to stand up myself. There are areas, maybe there are not this, but others, in which I need God. And if you haven't received Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, and you feel like you want to do so, please also stand up, and pray with me, and after the service, come to talk with Pastor Dixon, or with me, or some of the deacons. we will be so happy to know about you. So I'm going to pray, and, don't feel bad about, about others. If you want to stand up and pray with me, please do it. Do so. Thank you. You are so brave. We just have to please God, not another people. We just have to please God. That's amazing, liberating grace. Dear Father, we are so thankful for being here today and for knowing that through Jesus we don't have to please anyone else. That's just you. That's a liberating grace. And we are thankful for knowing that we can experiment a change in our lives through you. In this series, we are struggling with, dear Lord. I want you to, I want to ask you, dear Lord, to help us, to, to be our helper as we did this morning. Please, God, help all of my brothers and sisters in their struggling Give them peace, dear Lord. Give them the knowing of of your grace that you will work on it, that you will not let them alone, that you will walk with them through Jesus. And if someone is not still giving you his or her heart and he wants to do so, dear Father, I, I... I beg you to, to come into them with your Holy Spirit and your love and let them know how much you love them and how much you are there for them, how much you care about them, dear Lord. Thank you. Thank you for... We don't deserve it, Lord. You know I don't deserve to be here, uh, but you are just so amazing, Jesus. We, we worship you and we want you to, to be ruling our lives. We give you every area of fighting in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen.